a good conversation between a brand and the customer occurs when the brand listens. And I think that's a big challenge today for brands. We're not set up to do that. So balancing what you know about the customer and what they're asking about the brand and then being able to respond in real time is still a, still a challenge. Not because of the tech, but because of the ways of working. Hello and welcome to the Is Digital podcast from ISD. I'm Ian McMurray, International Content Specialist at ISD. In this episode, part one of two, I'll be speaking to one very special guest about innovation, technology and digital transformation, specifically in the fashion and luxury goods sector in which he has established himself as a thought leader. Craig Crawford is an IT strategist with over 30 years experience with global fashion brands. On the web at crawfordit.com, you can see how he works to improve business connectivity through digital innovation in ways that help brands to grow and to stand out from the rest. As well as heading the agency Crawford IT, Craig is an advisor to the London College of Fashion and has worked to provide solutions for top brands such as Burberry, Gap and Jaeger. Craig is an expert teacher on ISDI's Global Executive Master in Digital Business and other programs such as the Digital MBA. Now, we all know that technology allows communication, but the quality of that communication and the direction that it takes depends on the thinking behind the words. Brands need to ensure that information flows in both directions. So I asked Craig, what makes a good conversation between a brand and its customers? A good conversation between a brand and the customer occurs when the brand listens. And I think that's a big challenge today for brands. We're not set up to do that. There's a lot of technology that allows you to listen and to respond um, but you're not responding as yourself you're responding as the brand and so it requires a lot of coordination and it requires a lot of insight to the customer so balancing what you know about the customer and what they're asking about the brand and then being able to respond in real time is still a, still a challenge not because of the tech but because of the ways of working Location-based technology or services use data from a smartphone or other devices in real time to provide information. And this technology promised a sea change in how brands could interact with clients on the shop floor and at any time after that initial contact. So what is the reality today? I asked Craig, has location-based technology impacted retailers as forecasts? What further developments do you foresee? Location-based technology has taken a while to have some traction. Um, again, I think people have not thought thoroughly about how a brand can respond and react. Um, one of my clients in London, Matches Fashion, is using location-based technology, knowing when customers come in the door. Um, and they, are, they meet and greet them. They understand the history, the customer purchase, etc., because they've rolled that into a client-telling app. And to me, that's a highly effective way of using location-based technology. I've seen other areas where you'd walk in and, and maybe interact with digital signage or interact with mannequins. Um, people are busy, and sometimes they don't even realize that content and things change for them. Um, 
so I think we're still exploring it. That said, it, there's still the potential, again, when connected with a dialogue with the consumer. So imagine entering a shopping mall and it's a very hot day. If the mall has a pop-up ice cream shop, be great to know about it, be great to get information about it, and then say that you're going. Um, not for a discount, not for lowering price, um, maybe for loyalty, but more loyalty and loyalty rewards. But I think more it's just about listening, responding, and doing that in real time. So yeah, there's still a lot of untapped potential in location-based technology. I think other good cases of location-based technology where brands and consumers can respond are when you look at where you are in the physical space and where you are in the digital space. So if you opt in on your phone, we know where you are in the physical space and we know where you are in the digital space. So if you're getting ready to board an aircraft, for example, would you like an offer to buy travel insurance at that moment? Probably, because it might be something you've forgotten. Um, if you're in a sports arena, well, if there's an opportunity to bet on your winning team, well, maybe you might want to do that. So I think across a lot of industry sectors, there's great opportunity for location-based tech um, to interact with brands. If you have purchased something at a store and it's ready to be picked up and you're nearby, I'd like a message knowing that that's available and that I can go into the store and pick that up. Or better yet, I can respond back, I can't pick it up, can you have it delivered somewhere? So I think that's the sort of listening, responding, and understanding where you are in location uh, to the retailer or to the brand. So we've seen how one component of mobile connectivity can completely change the relationship with a client. In terms of offering further products and services, as well as providing a much more engaging and personalized customer experience. But what about on the operations side of the equation? How could businesses extend their implementation of this technology? I asked Craig, do you think there is an opportunity for companies to make better internal use of mobile connectivity? I think we're just at early days where companies are exploring the use of mobile in the office. Um, when I was at Burberry, we, we did allow people to have iPads. We, we purchased iPads for people uh, and iPhones as well. Um, and we began that journey with unrestricted access so people could use the tools the way they were designed. Um, since then, a lot of companies who have introduced mobile tend to restrict it. You know, they worry about mobile device management. They start to overprotect the brand, I think, in some instances. Um, and yet, what's really lacking is not the willingness to deploy or to bring your own device. Bring your own device works very well also. Um, but it's how are our larger uh, legacy systems, our ERP systems, are they really built to interface with mobile? And I think that's part of the challenge. So the willingness to deploy the devices, yes. The uptake on some of the larger um, ERP systems to have true mobile interface um, is still slow. The IBM-Apple partnership, which was now probably two, maybe even three years on, um, is a great example of taking legacy systems and layering on simplicity to interact with those systems. But you have to remember an app or, or an interface via your phone is not performing all tasks. It's only doing one or two because that's what the phone's designed to do. So it's a real challenge, I think, for some ERP solution providers 
to think about the simplicity of interface in a mobile app. So making decisions, approving purchase orders, doing things like that. Very different than sitting in front of a much larger screen and entering lots of data. So as long as we don't abuse the mobile device, there's still a lot we can do with them. We don't, we make decisions when we're out in the field. We make decisions in the store. We make decisions when we're uh, in the factory or when we're in the mill as a fashion brand. So the ability to make that decision on a mobile device to approve a style, approve a color, um, change and reroute a shipment because you know it's not needed at that store. Those sorts of easy tasks are still being developed. There's, there's a lot happening and there's a lot of um, good progress, but we have a long way to go still. There is a real drive for innovation in the very competitive retail sector as brands jostle with each other to place themselves squarely in the sights of the client. But just how good are businesses in terms of implementing the right types of tech that customers can adopt easily and enjoy using? I asked Craig, in luxury and fashion retail, how far is technological innovation driven by the customer and their expectations? I think in luxury retail and fashion, and well, quite frankly, most retail, it's not just limited to those, it's how the customer expects us to engage with them. Um, I'm still surprised that many brands don't treat their website as the flagship store. Um, digital is discovery. We, we don't go into a store if we can't find something online. Um, we, want, we want to understand the brand. We want to understand the provenance of the product, how it's made, uh, what colors it comes in, what people are saying about it before we go into a store. It's just how it is. And many of us now will buy things prior to going into a store if we, if we know the brand and we feel engaged we, and we trust the brand. Um, and so I think that luxury firms that aren't, and luxury brands that aren't looking at mobile and mobile interactions are, are, are missing out in a very, very, very big way. You know, shopping on social, um, Shopping and messaging apps, you know, uh, conversational commerce, all of these things are coming or are beginning to happen. And this is what brands are expecting. So I do think customers still are driving the interaction with luxury. And it's listening and understanding how a luxury consumer wants to look at product and wants to interact. Um, again, I'll go back to the example of Matches Fashion. When we put clientele in, we tied in the wish list from the website so that a consumer could shop at any point in a day or night, she, he or she could put things in their wish list and the store sales associates who looked after that customer would know the next morning exactly what they were looking for and could set up a styling session or a fitting session or, or pull product in for them to come in and, and review. Um, and and that's, that's continuously being on. I mean, this is how we shop now. We don't just shop during store hours. We shop when we have the time or when we are relaxed enough to do so or on the go and need something. You know, Farfetch is a great example of providing things immediately within a couple of hours. Certain brands are able to deploy and do that. So, yeah, I think consumers are really driving new technological behaviors with brands. With so many factors in the digital transformation of a business to be taken into consideration, knowing just where to start can be confusing. The possibilities for change could be very wide-ranging, from re-employing technical systems right up to giving the organization a complete makeover. So, where to begin? If you're responsible for giving the company direction in digital, what would be the best way to begin that journey? I asked Craig, 
For a retail company looking to enter into digital transformation, where would you recommend they start? Starting digital transformation is, shouldn't be hard. I think the biggest challenge that most brands have is they want immediate return on investment. I mean, after all, we're in this business because it's a business, there's a commercial aspect to it. And so often I see digital transformation begin customer facing because they want to hang more sales onto that. They want more sell through, higher margin, less returns. And, and that is a very good place to start. The harder sell though to the financial approving governance group, whoever that might be, your CFO, or if you've got a, a financial steering committee, are the internal aspects. And if you don't start digital on the inside, at the same time when you start on the outside, you are going to struggle. So if you start with customer first, let's say it's clientele, and you haven't looked at giving new tools, mobile tools, interactive tools, monitoring tools, and responding tools to the teams in head office, then how are they supposed to respond? How are they supposed to understand what people are saying? And, and, and to really look at how that affects product development, right? Because all of this data is so important. And we struggle as brands and retailers looking at that data. So we'll put in customer facing, facing initiatives, but we're not necessarily putting teams of data scientists and data architects in to help us make sense of what's coming in new. So, Oh, I so strongly recommend you've got to do it inside and outside at the same time. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the Is Digital podcast from ISDI. This episode was presented and produced by Ian McMurray. Please subscribe to listen to our upcoming episodes. To learn more about this and other digital topics, and for more information on ISDI's Global Executive Master in Digital Business and other programs, visit isdi.education. That's I-S-D-I dot education.